The Las Vegas Raiders have partnered with the global lifestyle app TrueConnect to give the gift of wellness. Transform your mind, body, and soul through thousands of hours of premium fitness content, guided meditations, progress tracking, and more. Visit tcfree.fit to redeem one free year of TrueConnect exclusively for Raider Nation. The game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, I pride myself on really not uh, being at a loss for words all that much, but here we are on a Thursday night, just a touch before 9 o'clock Pacific. Eddie Pascal here in the fifth quarter with my man Jason Fitz. And Fitz, where to begin, my friend? Let's just do this. I'm having a hard time trying to wrap my mind around this. I know you are trying to wrap your mind around this and perhaps having a little more success than I am. How did this happen? What happened over the past, I don't even want to say like three hours. What happened over the last 45 minutes, my friend? Yeah, this is just the theme of this year, right? So, you know, peek behind the curtain. I'm hosting SportsCenter on Snapchat tonight, which is out there tomorrow. Great plug. And uh, as uh, Thank you. And as I was uh, right, I, we, I had the script written. I was written, and we were just waiting for the game to sort of play out so we could put some highlights in and be good to go. That's sort of what you do. You write 80% of the game. And when the Rams scored the first of the last two touchdowns in the final four minutes, I looked at my producer and I said, nope, we've got to delete everything. We're going to have to rewrite this script. You you just, you can feel it. And, you know, context, I asked our great team at Stats and Info to look up some information. The Raiders now become only the fourth team ever to blow four games in the same season where they led by at least 13 points. The last time that happened was 1998. In fact, the Raiders are two and four in such games this year. The rest of the NFL is 97, 15, and one. The Raiders have won 33% of the games that they've had, at least a 13-point game in. The rest of the league wins 85%. Like, the meltdown is part of the culture of this football team this year. And and you know what's wild, too? When we talk about kind of, you know, the DNA of this team and, and everything we've seen now over the past, what, 13, 14 weeks, and I think the frustrating thing for me is we've seen this movie now multiple times, and perhaps the most frustrating part of this movie is the first two acts are awesome. How I mean, let us not forget that a few hours ago when this game kicked off, we were seeing Devontae Adams have arguably one of the most incredible catches of 2022, hand in his face, Josh Jacobs was rolling, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, the tandem, were flying around, life was good, Raiders fans were having the time of their life in Los Angeles at SoFi, and then it ends like this. And unfortunately, we've seen this happen before, uh, and I think... I think the hardest part for me, Fitz, is, is trying to rationalize, trying to find some reason that this keeps happening. And I'm not doing a very good job of it. Uh, today, it felt like in the second half, the tanks were empty. You know, I mean, offensively and defensively, that that drive, the, the first touchdown in the fourth quarter, I'm trying to pull it back up here to see uh, how long that drive was. But that drive was incredible i mean the defense was out on the field for what felt like absolutely forever right so once you've got a drive that's that long that results in a touchdown you've got it i got it for you it's it was 11 oh excuse me hang on yeah it was 11 plays 31 yards five and a half minutes so the the rams touchdown drive that i have here um was they they our stats and info group says rams touchdown 
lasted nine minutes oh, and one on. second. Oh, hang on. Nine I think minutes. you're right. Yep, sorry. So, Looking at the wrong one. Looking at the wrong one. You are correct. Okay. We got nine minutes and yes. one second. That's you're right. the sixth nine-minute drive for the Rams under Sean McVay and the second time this year. When you are on the field for that long and then the offense turns around and can't get that last yard, I mean, they just couldn't get the last yard. Like, the one of the hardest parts is that now you've got a gas defense and an offense that's been gone for so long that they just feel like they don't have any rhythm. And it didn't, it felt like the play calling and everything just felt out of sync right there. So then all of a sudden you're putting your defense right back on the field. And I thought our guy, AJ Cole, friend of the show, yep, I thought that kick that got them all the way back to the two yard line was going to be the saving grace, but it wasn't. It was a gas defense that made stupid mistakes. Now, let's to just level set. You're 100% right. Where I'm looking at that drive now, I've secured my notes. Fits. They go seven. The Rams go 17 plays, 75 yards, nine, just over nine minutes, like you said. And hindsight being 2020 now, right? The Raiders punt on fourth and one, and it was a debate that we were having in the studio. Do you punt or do you go for it? I, you know, resident special teams guy said, "Hey, you have one of the best punters in the NFL. Punt that thing away." In hindsight, still, I think Josh McDaniels made the right call there. It was just everything after that 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 really kind of fell apart. I mean, come on. Like, shoes on the other foot game here. If, you're, if your favorite team, whether it's the Raiders or anybody else, has to go 98 yards in a minute and 45 seconds with no touchdowns and you need a touchdown to win, you're, or no timeouts, I, said, I should say, and you need a touchdown to win, you're going to win that game. I mean, the only other time we've seen what happened today was uh, last week, week 17, according to our stats and info group at ESPN, Tom Brady was the last quarterback to go over 90 yards to get a game-winning touchdown with no timeouts remaining. Like, uh, Baker Mayfield became Tom Brady today. That's that's wild. Yeah, and I know that it's going to get lost in all of this, and I, you and I both know who the audience for this show is, but you got you to gotta tip your hat to Baker Mayfield, man. A dude that literally came in off the bench in the cold, arrived in LA two days ago, and then does this. Take the, take the fact that 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 he took down the Raiders this evening. I mean, what he did was pretty darn impressive. It a hundred percent, especially in the the fourth quarter. They did a smart job, and I thought Sean McVay did a nice job from the outset of ensuring that it, there was a lot of play action. I think the Raiders expected a run heavy game plan, and then the, the the Rams opened it up. The Raiders didn't look ready for that. And then when you combine it with the one, like you're going to have that one drive every once in a while yeah. in the game. The problem is you just couldn't rebound. You couldn't get enough gas back in the tank. And, you know, I think we all watch that. Now, one of the things you and I have talked about in previous weeks is that this defense comes out with so much fire early on, but sometimes in the fourth quarter, it looks like they've used all their turbo button, as I always say, you know, and it felt like as this game was winding down, it just, but Max Crosby was there and just couldn't make the play. Then when he did make the play, Tillery makes a regrettable decision to knock the ball out of the quarterback's hands, completely unnecessary. That takes it from being second and a what, second and 25, second and, and, you know, 20. It takes it from that to being a, a, an automatic down, first down 15 yards further up the field. You know, like the number of mistakes that factored into this, Cleve Furl jumping off sides on a, on a punt. Like the, you just, over and over again, this team has played disciplined football for the majority of the season. In the third and fourth quarter, it all fell apart today. And, and I think going back to even that first half, Fitz, there was a moment, and we had that uh, the interception that DC threw in the end zone in the first half, and, and the Rams aren't able to take advantage at that point on the ensuing drive. But that's one that we all looked around in the studio and said, remember this moment, right? Because it has felt like all in twenty or all throughout 2022, Fitz, maybe excluding the past three weeks, the Raiders have had their opportunities to finish games, to put teams away early. 
Now, if Derek is is able to, you know, put a manufacturer touchdown in that situation, you're going into halftime up 22-3 against a quarterback that has two days of experience in the playbook. And get, you know, with all due respect to the Rams, right? And obviously they they handled business this evening. You will take that scenario if you're a Raiders fan a hundred times out of a hundred, twenty to three against a quarterback who is learning on the fly against a decimated roster, throwing to guys outside of Tutu Atwell that most NFL fans probably don't know very well. So you look at the missed opportunities, and I know the Rams weren't able to put points on the board in that ensuing possession, but those are the moments. That's 2022 in a nutshell, right? You have the opportunity to finish it. You have the chance to say, we're the biggest, baddest dogs on Thursday night football, and they unfortunately just can't get it done. Yeah, and I would also add the field goal that you settled for to makes it 13-3. Like, this game was 10-3, and it looked like it could go 17-3. And then it was 13-3, and it looked like it could go 23. And, you know, you you think about the number of little – that's one of the interesting things about this year. The number of times that third and three has ended up with fourth and two, fourth and Mm -hmm. three, fourth and four, just out of range of anyone feeling comfortable, even from an analytics standpoint of trying to push the meter and go for it. And all of a sudden you end up giving the ball back. And we all know that there are issues uh, on the defensive side of the football that the team has tried to mask through. There've been issues with the offensive line. Some weeks, Derek Carr uh, under more pressure this week than he has. He percentage wise, he faced more uh, pressure on percentage of dropbacks than any game in his career, which speaks to the fact that bars was out in the first half. And I think that made a huge difference to where the Raiders have had a ton of success up the gut. You know, the, all of these things played a part in a short week of just trying to figure out how to make the most of it. And look, it's a short week for the Rams too. The Rams are decimated too. And by the way, the Rams are not good. Like I, I'll say this loudly. Same thing I said after the the Saints game. Like, no apologies. The Saints are a bad football team that smacked the Raiders. The Rams are a bad football team that beat the Raiders today. And they beat the Raiders because the Raiders beat themselves in the fourth quarter. I think you hit the nail on the head. The Raiders beat themselves today. And with all due respect to the Rams, right? I mean, you are what you are in this league. The Rams and Baker Mayfield earned a win tonight. But they had a ton of help from the guys in silver and black. And and to me, Fitz, I go back and I'm I'm thinking about the game. And once again, we talk about constant themes of 2022. The Raiders this evening were one for four in the red zone. One for four. 25%. On the other side of things, the Rams are one for one, right? And I know you only get your one chance down there, but they took full advantage of it. And, And to me... Make me smarter. And this is one thing I've always appreciated about you is that you find people that are smarter than you, X's and O's wise, people that can educate you, ergo educate me and educate the people that listen to the show. <laughs> How do we get better in the red? I, like to me, I don't understand it. My puny X's and O's mind cannot wrap my mind around how you can be so effective from 20 to 20, but when things get down there, things get tight. It just seems to be a little funky for the 2022 Raiders. Yeah, because you're too predictable. I mean, the the question that I've asked everybody is, where has this offense gone wrong this year? And the answer to that, above and beyond, beyond everything, has been the play calling on offenses at times has been very predictable. And if you look early on in the game, what was happening, a lot of the jet sweeps, sweep stuff that was working really well. Where was that in the second half? Why'd you get away from it? I, I didn't like, frankly, the play call, uh, you know, near the goal line where suddenly you've got Devontae. They, they rush to get up to the line. They've got Devontae back there instead of a fullback who they rush out to the right side of the, the line of scrimmage. Like they're lining them up wide where, where Devontae should have been. Like uh, unnecessarily cute when you don't need to be. And then getting rid of the things that are working. It feels like the the lack of focus on what they're trying to accomplish from a play calling standpoint. And then in the red zone, 
The guys that I've talked to around ESPN that played the game, that have the best understanding of the game, will tell you that before the snap, you have a really good idea of what they're doing. And in that amount of space, it's just harder. Like you, you when mm-hmm. you don't have Waller, you don't have Renfro, you don't have a, a bunch of guys that can make a huge difference in the red zone. It's just the plays aren't there. The play calling has got to be more creative inside the 20-yard line since you can't just come in and impose your will. You know, and, and this is one that's interesting to me too, Fitz. And, and you know that I've been the old man, get off my lawn all year, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Think Good things tend to happen when you run the football. And the best thing that happens when you run the ball is you let Devontae and Derek cook off, cook off of that. Devontae had three targets in the second half. Derek threw for 11 yards in the second half. And I think this comes back to what you were saying about the, the play calling and the creativity. That first half, I, I would admit, I think there's an argument, that was the most effectively creative we've seen Josh McDaniels in 2022. I think there's a difference between being creative and being really effective in that creativity. And Coach McDaniels was both of those things in the first half. But then it's something changes. And when we talk about the, the tangible, the momentum, the funkiness that this Raiders team has played through a lot of 2022. And I think a lot of that, you know, all, all of a sudden manifests itself in your, in your where is Devontae moment. Where is Devontae? How, is, how are you not getting the ball in his hands for a guy that was feasting for the first half? And, and then it feels like he kind of just goes away a little bit. Well, and that's where these two stats come out. And, and before anybody reacts to him, let me, let me explain for a second. Derek Carr, two for seven for 11 yards, one interception in the second half. You mentioned that. Josh Jacobs, nine carries, 41 yards. What's really significant to me is that the Raiders got 67 yards in the second half on 20 plays. This is where bad football stacks on bad football because when you only run 20 plays and a half, you don't have a lot of stabs at it. You better be flawless in everything you're doing if you can't pick up some third downs and extend some drives. And then your defense is on the field as much as the Raiders' defense was on the field in the second half. That's how you get to a method where you're only running 20 plays. Like 20 plays does not give you a shot at offensive rhythm. 20 plays doesn't give you a shot for touches. If, if you want to look at what this Raiders offense intends to do. You're talking about an offense that wants to be running 40 plays and a half, not 20. And when you're only running 20, how does anybody get any rhythm? So then it feels like you're desperately swinging at everything and you're a yard short and a yard short. And all of a sudden your defense is back out on the field and they got nothing left in the tank. Like a complimentary football means both sides helping both sides. Neither side was helping either side in the second half. And that's why you end up with the defense that just, looks like they're out of gas on the, uh, late in the game and an offense that looks like it's out of rhythm. You know, we look at, I'm just looking at the numbers across the board here offensively, and this was, I don't think anyone is going to pretend and, and tell you this was a pretty game of football, right? I mean, this was Thursday night football in a nutshell. Uh, the Raiders are 5 of 13 on third down. The Rams on the other side of things are 4 for 12 on third down. Like, it was an ugly football game, but you talk about not getting your at-bats specifically in that second half, and that was the Rams in the first half. Right, they they start the game. They go three and out. While or uh, you know Baker Mayfield comes in for that second series, but they didn't get their at bats, and that's exactly what happened to the Raiders in the second half. And and I know we keep talking around and around and around, but it it all comes back to this: is the Raiders had so many chances tonight, Fitz, to finish a game, to put the game away, to say yes, we are going to have a nice, relaxing third quarter, fourth quarter, but it just it wasn't there, and and I just wonder. How do you get to a place, and, and I know this might be a bit of a meta question as this game wrapped up 90 minutes ago or whatever it was, but like, how do you get to a place where you're comfortable finishing? Because I think the Raiders in 2022, 
have played good football for for portions of games. Obviously, they've won three games in a row, so something was working. But that finishing, that final oomph, just hasn't been there all year. Well, and and think about like I was getting blown up. I was on air at the time during the first half. I was getting blown up with people like, "Where has this been all year?" And well, it, it's been here the last three weeks. Like this yeah. is what this offense has looked like. And to your point, I think there's a killer instinct that you know certain guys bring to a, a, a culture. That's why the the Bills went out and signed Von Miller, right? Like they needed somebody that had been there, done that before, that knew how to close out these games. I, I mean, everybody I, from the players to the coaching staff. Everybody got out adjusted in the second half. Like McVay came out with a better game plan on how to slow the Raiders down on both sides of the football and it worked and there was no answer for it. So, you know, you got to look at that. Like there are times where you're just, you're screaming, we're screaming it at the TV and you know, darn well, the coaches are screaming it on the sideline, make a play. Like Harmon had the the chance with the pick to make a play, but the, the penalty took it away. It looked like Crosby had made a play with the sack but the penalty took it away on offense. There are times like in the first half, what we saw was Devontae was there and you see two of the most beautiful passes too, like oh. absolute dimes. But then you also in the second half, when you're thinking, I just need somebody to step up and make a play. It's not there to be had. And the hardest part is that when the guy that we're really relying on most of the time to make a play is Josh Jacobs and Josh is obviously banged up mm-hmm. and the tape on the hand. And he's, he's dealing with so much to just try and play. It also takes, because of the nature of the running back position, you can't just make a play. You need everybody in front to at least give you a chance at a head start. So, like, you know, the complication here is that it feels like early in the season, we talk so much about how it's different people making different mistakes at different times. Well, in the course of this game, it was different people letting their teammates down because they just couldn't make the play. I mean, talk about Josh. I mean, this is, I don't know if there's anyone on this roster that needs the mini, the mini bye week more than number 28. I mean, this dude is a warrior gutting through it. He finishes his evening 27 carries, 99 yards, just under four yards a pop and a touchdown. But man, it, I, th- I think you said it perfectly. When we, you and I were texting through the game, you had one text that I think really nailed everything in one very nice, clean synopsis. It was, you have that incredible play from Derek to Devontae, and then two minutes later, you have that pick in the end zone. And that's 2022 right there. It's these moments of incredible athletic excellence, for lack of a better term. Because what we have seen Devontae do the past couple weeks, I I tweeted out, at some point, we all just need to sit back, relax, and kind of enjoy the moment that this man is providing us because he is otherworldly. Like I, we have seen all the tweets, all the all the you know the angles uh, of the of the that picky or not excuse me that pick that catchy out over Jalen Ramsey, where Ramsey's hand is literally in his face. Like we have to appreciate what he's doing. But you have a moment of incredible excellence like that, and then literally six minutes later in real time, you have a scratch your head interception. Like wh- how did how were both of these the same offensive try? Like it it's mind boggling. It really is. And imagine imagine being a coach in yeah. that situation. Like, because at the end of the day, it's it's some sort of a partnership. If a coach calls in the play and the players have to execute it. And what do you do when one one drive, you might get the best execution you've ever seen. And the next drive, you get that that moment where whether it's because, you know, Carr makes a, a throw we shouldn't make or whether it's because an offensive lineman bumps him while it's happening. Either way, either way, that whole thing was failed from the outset. And then you, you, you sit here and you scratch your head and you say, how does a veteran quarterback in that situation make that play? And that's what's maddening about this team is that it just feels like at times 
You just got to do your job. And when you're trying to do too much, that's when you end up with weird situations that are just cursing this team. And I'll go all the way back to the beginning of the year when we saw, you know, the weird fumbles from Hunter Renfro. And we're sitting mm. there saying, well, that's not what we're used to seeing to what we saw tonight when you're at the goal line and you just got to walk away with points. And instead you walk away with nothing. Like at some point, everybody's got to get comfortable enough to just do their jobs. That's what happened over the last three weeks. And that's what worked so well. And then today, it just all flipped around in the third. It all flipped around in the last five minutes of a game. This was a game the Raiders had clearly won until the last five minutes of the game. And that's wild to see the season go from, according to our uh, analytics people, a 20% a chance of the playoffs with the win to now a 4% chance of the playoffs. Like stick a fork in the chance for the playoffs. Too many things would have to happen. The whole season changes on the last five minutes. And and you and I have talked about this a lot. Even over the course of the win streak, I, I think that there is a natural, you know, we, we you and I think have a pretty good pulse of the fan base and everyone's going playoffs, play, you know, and you and I both cautioned, said, hey, pump the brakes, not because the Raiders aren't playing a, a good brand of football, but because there's a lot of things that still have to happen. And I think that, I don't, I don't want to speak for the entire fan base, but it felt like there was a sentiment, at least on the Twitter fits, that people were like, all right, the Raiders are going to waltz into SoFi. It's going to be another home game. They don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Decimated team, yada, yada, yada. And we're going to fly back four hours later with our fourth win in a row. And unfortunately, that was not the case today. But it is, uh, it's, it's been wild to me, Fitz. We talk about the feast and famine of your 2022 Raiders, and that's what it's been. It's been moments of plenty, and then it's been moments of starvation, and, and it really hasn't. There's been no in between. And, and correct me if I'm wrong. Al can check this, I'm sure. But this is now we have now have another one score game. The only exception being the uh, the Saints game, and then the Texans game right now. Are those the two? Looking He's looking it up right now. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. And Incredible though. Point, Incredible. By the way, like I talked to three different experts on radio today, and all three of the experts that have nothing to do with the Raiders said. When I was like, hey, am I going to feel good tonight? All of them were like, well, if you don't, then things went wildly wrong. You don't lose this game. Part of the 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 definition of this year is that the Raiders didn't do the one thing they needed to do all year long, which is beat the teams you're capable of beating. When you're better, when you're capable of out-executing, when you step on the field and you know top to bottom that your roster is better than their roster in all the key ways, and this was one of those games, you got to learn how to win that game. Like, you got to go out. With a, you got to go out and know how to stomp that opponent down in a way that leaves no doubt. And that's what teams like the Chiefs do week in and week. They win the games they're supposed to win. And I know every week is tough to win in the NFL, but the great teams find a way to do it. The Raiders reminded everybody that right now there's still growth that needs to happen with this team because you didn't win that type of game. Yeah, and, and I agree with you 100%. And, and I will, you know, just kind of – I will try to add a, a little bit of context to all this where – Thursday night is such a crapshoot, right? Thursday night is weird. They're historically very bizarre games. Now, that doesn't make up for the lack of execution. That doesn't make up for the fact that you let a team go 98 yards on you with the no timeouts, et cetera, et cetera. But Thursday night games, by nature, are just funky. They're weird. They always have a little extra something-something in them. And unfortunately, the Raiders were on the wrong side of that something-something tonight. But Fitz, one guy that I, that I really feel kind of bad for in, in this whole scenario, one guy that won't get talked about nearly enough, and one guy that, you know, because of the end of the game, is, is going to all be erased. I think Chandler Jones had another really nice night at the office, man. He is, you know, for, for all the grief that this guy took the first two months of the year, I mean, the what he has done over the past, what is it, five days, I mean, 
impressive. No other way to say it. Really, really impressive. And I think that we saw, we have seen now, what it looks like when both those edge rushers get rocking with him and Max. And, brother, it can be a lot of fun when it's right. And I know that uh, it's going to be hard for people to hear about that, given the current circumstances. But, I mean, give, give Chandler a lot of credit for what he's done over the past week. Yeah, and frankly, the interior of the defensive yes. line until late in the game played well. Perryman had a bunch of big, uh, we talked about well-timed blitzes last week. He had a bunch of them again this week. I, uh, the, the little things that went right on Sunday went right again today. The big things went wrong. And that that's just, it, again, it's going to come back to a historic meltdown in the last five. And I do mean historic meltdown. I mean, the, you said it earlier, the, the first time in 45 years that a team has driven 98 yards with no touchdown or no timeouts uh, to score a touchdown to win a game. This was a historic meltdown. And you're right. Sometimes things just go that way. The hard part is that you, you lost your wiggle room. A long time ago, this team lost their wiggle room. And so now these sorts of games that you're like, man, Thursday night football is just weird. Well, unfortunately, because the Cardinals outcome was just weird or because, yeah. you know, pick, pick and choose which, which meltdown this year has been weird. Now you've lost your wiggle room and that's, that's nobody's fault but this Raiders team, obviously. But if you're looking for building blocks, the building block is that it, it wouldn't take much for this season to look wildly different. 100%. And just real quick, uh, Ald has delivered on our information three games for the Raiders that were not one-score games. That would be Saints, Texans, and Broncos. But still, I mean, you look at the uh, just at the pure statistical improbability of playing this many close games and it's pretty wild but I was just having this thought too fit so we have a uh, you know we have a department slack channel uh, that's pretty active on game days where we put in stats uh, just to help you know Peyton and the broadcast guys help you know for us to kind of just gather all these really unique fun things for us to either bring up or, or kind of reference mm-hmm. back to during the course of the post game and the stats channel was rocking early I mean incredible positive stats. Josh is doing this. Devontae is doing that. But over the course of the game, the stats get a little less friendly to the guys in silver and black. And then we talk about, like we said at the end, as you said, another historic kind of kind of meltdown for this team. And, and it's it really is hard to kind of go down the route or the, the road of the Raiders weren't that far off in 2022 to having a drastically different story. And unfortunately, you are what you are in this league. You are what you earn, I should say. And the Raiders have now earned five wins and eight losses. But man, I mean, it just goes to show you the people at the league office got to be incredibly happy because it just shows you how thin the margins are between being a really good competitive team and a team that's still trying to find its way a little bit. And but now we're back in the same situation we were in a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. Like this team's going to have to figure out what it wants to fight for for the next several weeks. They're going to have to figure out what what they're playing for for the next several weeks. Decisions about health, I think, would look wildly different for guys like Waller and Renfro that, you know, uh, may have the opportunity to come off injured reserve. Now the organization is going to have to figure out what risk they want to put guys at. I, I mean, I think this becomes much more that you and I have talked a few times about like, well, this might this might be the one. I think this becomes probably the time that you look around and say, okay, uh, now we're fighting for each other and we're fighting to, to be the best we can and we're fighting to set a culture for next year, but that's not where this Raiders team thought they would be even 24 hours ago. I, I think what's really hard about this one, Fitz, is depending on how this outcome goes, right, there's a, there's the good and the bad of playing on Thursday night, 
You play you play early on Thursday night and you win this game and all of a sudden, right, you're looking to the weekend and you're really like, okay, let's see how this shakes out. We have a few more extra days to get healthy. and and But now it feels like the tone and tenor of that has completely changed, right? Uh, and I think yeah, that's well, – yeah, go, yeah, yeah. It got pointed out earlier. The Raiders were 6-7 and seven last year and made the playoffs. If the Raiders had won this game, they'd be 6-7. and seven, And the whole fan base could look at it and been like, oh, yeah, look at what we did last year. The playoffs are right there. Now, yeah, it took a lot to even get to that conversation, but – Five and eight just is is wildly different. I, I said coming into the year, I thought it would take 10 wins to get into the playoffs in the AFC, and, and that, that was going to be a stretch anyway, but I still believe it's going to take 10 wins to get into the playoffs in the AFC. So if you're the Raiders, you, you better hope that you, know, you can write this quickly, and you better hope other people uh, start stumbling because you just made everything even more difficult. Well, Fitz, you have been incredibly uh, generous with your time as we push past midnight on the East Coast. I just want to finish uh, finish on this. One more, unfortunately, not very happy stat for the old silver and black. Uh, the Raiders scored, scored on their first three possessions tonight. After that, Fitz, buckle up, my friend. Red zone interception, three and out, three and out, 31-yard field goal, three and out, interception. Scene. Out-adjusted. Out, out Out-adjusted. Like, that's just... From every top to bottom, I I believe they're going to look at that tape and say, how do we let that happen? Yeah, and I think a lot of Raiders fans are going to be thinking the the exact same thing, especially over the long weekend now. We have a long time to sit on this, a long time, unfortunately, to let this one uh, just kind of fester. And no, uh, not a lot of fun moments right now. But the beauty of it is Raiders still got a few left. Still got a few games on the uh, on the old calendar. Uh, Sunday afternoon football now against the New England Patriots. No shortage of storylines there coming up in about 10 days. Uh, but Fitz, it was so good to see you. Uh, unfortunately, this ends your run of, what is this, four in a row that we had you for? Four in a row. Four, four in, in a row. row. Yeah, it, it was going to keep going, but now. <laughs> but you know what? I will say the Fitz record of three and one is pretty good. I'll take good that. About that. I feel good yeah. about three and one, too. And we'll I, see I you. I feel like... I feel like we're bringing a little Christmas spirit. Yeah, and we will see you before Christmas. We'll see you, uh-huh. uh, yeah, I think whatever it is. Uh, my schedule is not good. What are we talking about? Christmas Eve. We'll see you Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yep, we'll be well, there. Do we wear Santa suits, like the whole I, thing? I actually, okay, we'll, we'll end on a little cheery note. So I actually have, and I get a lot of compliments for it. I was gifted, gosh, this was maybe one of our last years in Oakland, and I don't know if they make them anymore, this... Uh, this Raiders, excuse me, Raiders Christmas sweater that it lights up. It does the whole little sparkly doodad thing. And every time that I wear it, and admittedly I wear it only once or twice a year because I'm not one of those guys that's going to be rocking this in, in summer, especially in Vegas. But I, it, it gets a lot of compliments. I will wear it the next time that we see you. God only knows what you're going to be in. I mean, I actually have an Oakland Raiders Christmas sweater of some sort. So, yeah, mm. the, the, the the assignment is – but I think I have a Raiders Christmas hat too. The assignment has been heard and accepted. Love it. And I look forward to seeing you on Christmas Eve. I look forward to speaking with you uh, before that. Uh, can, give me some shameless plugs on the way out, Fitz. Uh, what college football shenanigans do you have going over the next couple of weeks? I can't imagine that you're uh, you have a light load at the moment. Uh, no, we, well, most of the digital work doesn't happen till after Christmas. So oh, I've fantastic. got a time where it's, it's good, but I will shamelessly plug for everybody that hasn't heard starting January 3rd yes. in Harry on ESPN radio. So myself and Harry Douglas every day from noon to three on Sirius X Eastern noon to three on Sirius XM channel 80 ESPN radio. You can also watch us in the ESPN app because we're pretty. So we'll be on a uh, simulcast uh, inside the ESPN app, hanging out Harry Douglas Monday through Friday. So noon to three, big deal. So uh, super excited 
to to you know rep my Raiders gear nonstop all the time in studio and uh, wear everybody out no matter what the record is. Oh, and I'm excited to see it. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. It is going to be so much fun to see you in a new time slot, to hear you in a new time slot. Uh, and yeah, and we will see you in a few weeks. So we end on a high note, Fitz. The Raiders didn't provide us a lot of positivity tonight, but you and I mustered some up. We found a little holiday cheer and we soldier on. So Freddie Pascal, my man Jason Fitz, Al, who's been doing phenomenal work. Uh, everyone else back in the control room. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you guys in just about, what, 10 days, right? 10 or 11 days. Enjoy the mini buy, and we will see you after the Patriots game for another edition of the Fifth Quarter presented by Twitch. Thank you for listening to the Fifth Quarter presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app, and we'll see you next week. Karma Automotive, Forbes Magazine's most anticipated luxury electric vehicle. Karma Automotive is a luxury EV brand designed and manufactured in California. Proud sponsor and official luxury vehicle of the Las Vegas Raiders. Charge the motion beyond EV. Karma Automotive.